Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And I'm... Hey, damn guys. Hey. Hey. Hey, you damn guys. What's up? Hey. This is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends. Here's Danielle. Tell you all about it. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're gonna read a comic book, and we're going to talk about it, and you're going to listen to us talking about it, and then you're going to talk about what we talked about when we were talking about what we read. We're all going to read it together and then talk about it, and then we're going to talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about what we read, and that's a book club, and that's friendship. Back to you, John. Awesome. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly. exactly. What awesome. It is. I have some shouts outs for this week. Shouts outs. Yes. Uh, we're always shouting out Ross Radke, book club member. We're always doing this. Ross Radke. Book club member. Yes. Amazing artist. I saw today that um, he has a countdown for his upcoming Kickstarter. It's going to be the Stomped Anthology. It's the final mm. Stomped one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be really cool. So yeah, that's coming out soon. I'll link it in the show notes. Make sure to watch that so we can all support that when it comes out. Someone um, get this man a publishing house. I know. Let's do it already. Right. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. Feedback. Get out, trade some floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along in time. Get out, trade some floppies. Get we got a Hey You Damn Guys from Clayton Schofield. Clayton Schofield. Book Club member. Mm-hmm. This is regarding uh, Catwoman, Lonely City. Clayton says, love this story so far. I'm a fan of these Prestige Plus format books, and I have yeah. managed to pick up the first issue at least of each series so far. Yeah. The album format is something the European comics have done so well, and I hope DC continues with this. I think it's yeah. long overdue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like them, yeah. yeah. Also, that's some fantastic Matt the Monitor Strapping DC commentary. Yes. What is the monitor? The monitor is the, he was like one of the main characters in Crisis. Is the monitor and the anti monitor? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Matt the monitor struck okay. by. And I yes. like that. That's the new one. Nice, nice. Wow, I'm 100 percent in agreement with this stuff. Well said. For a while, DC solicitations didn't have a name for this album format, and it was frustrating to figure out if it was something was black label, standard label, or black label oversized. Recently, they've been using the term Prestige Plus to fix this. Some of my favorites in the format so far, Wonder Woman Dead Earth, Wonder Woman Historia, Hellblazer Rise and Fall, Suicide Squad, Get Joker, Rogues, and of course, Catwoman Lonely City. Excited to see how this story concludes. It's so damn beautiful so far. Cliff Chang is a master. Yeah, uh, thank you for coming along on this uh, journey with yeah, us. Thanks, yeah, thanks, Clayton. It's so great to hear from you. Um, yes, and I have read Wonder Woman: Dead Earth. Mm. That's incredible. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up. We should come back and read that. Okay. That would blow your mind. Oh, good. Uh, I, want, I like that's to get a really my mind good blown. one. Yeah, I haven't read John, the rest but John, of these, but John, though. but John, yeah. but John. What if it's too woke? Oh man, but it's a Wonder Woman book. It's awesome. <laughs> You'll really like it. I mean, does it have any women in it? Because if it does, that's I don't too woke. It. That's too woke. <laughs> oh man! And speaking of Matt the Monitor Strackbine, we also got another audio clip. Oh man! From the letter hack himself. The letter hack himself. Hey, you damn guys, Matt Strackbine here with another audio. Hey, you damn guys, in regards to my last audio. Hey, you damn guys. In short, I love a lot of movies based on comic book characters and storylines. Although I don't view them as successful adaptations. However, in full, I offer the following critique and hardcore geek out. (laughs) These days, the terms superhero movie and comic book movie are interchangeable. But to me, comic book movie is inaccurate and the wrong way to describe a movie about a character that originated in a comic book. There is either a comic book or a movie, and those are separate. Think about it like this. You've never heard anyone refer to The Da Vinci Code starring Tom Hanks as a novel movie just because it's based on a book, but damned if they won't refer to The Avengers as a comic book movie. Which comic book, by the way? Which Avengers comic book? Is this an entire 12-issue arc or just a single issue? A miniseries? Which one? Ultimate Avengers? Um, Who came up with this term for a movie? And doesn't it sort of generalize comic books? It may be a harmless way to refer to a movie for someone who's never picked up a comic book, but it does a disservice to the comics medium. Mm. Isn't quote-unquote comic book movie just another way of saying, you know, it's about people with special powers and costumes, when we readers and collectors know that the books are so much more. Reading a comic book isn't just taking in the exploits and adventures of any given character. 
It's a unique reading experience of its own, one that offers a harmony between words and images, two different elements used together in order to convey a single idea, concept, and story. Comic book movie as a term is just too literal and implies the production some sort of adaptation, when actually it is not. And when I say I don't give a damn and I've yet to be satisfied about the movies, I meant in terms of an adaptation. I appreciate a good deal of these superhero movies, or whatever you want to call them, but I don't care to compare or to debate uh, the movies in regards to the source material. Furthermore, it's key to distinguish between the two if you're talking about quality. For one, comic books are a wildly different format than movies. They are generally serialized over a period of time just to tell the initial story. And above all, the creative team has a significant amount of control over the final product. In the comics industry, there's very rarely any intrusive studio influence coming in at the last minute to ruin everything, meaning a bunch of uninformed executives who come in at the last second to change uh, you know, the material solely for profit. Creators are often given a choice of which characters or titles they'd like to work on and with similar budgets to what every other comic book works off of. Sales of one book leads to the creation of another book and so on. Whereas a movie may flop financially if it doesn't get its money back and then some. And financial flops go down in history as bad movies, which is unfair when there's no telling if its success mm, or not was right. based on one executive's mm -hmm. editorial manhandling. <laughs> I like seeing the characters in live action. I like seeing which actors will play which roles and which storylines will be cherry-picked from which comics. But if they never made another movie about Batman or Superman again, I'd be fine with that because the source material is all I need. And the evolution of the source material since it began as a comic works best as comics versus movies or TV. If you gave me a list of five movies to watch and four of them are new to me and one of them is Matt Reeves' Batman, I would likely watch the Batman for the 12th time. <laughs> that movie's excellent and a lot of fun, but it's by no means a comic book movie because it doesn't serve as a proper adaptation of anything I've read, and it's just not anything like a comic book at all. In fact, they're reverse engineering that movie into brand new comics titles. Now, I like that because the movie sends viewers to the comic shops. Hey, want more of this? Just go check out the comics based on the movie. But calling them comic book movies while allowing unqualified persons to manipulate what was already a fine concept, I mean, otherwise, they wouldn't be making a movie of it? <laughs> could potentially prevent someone from ever reading a comic book, and we cannot allow that. So that's a very long-winded way of saying discussion about the quality of comics and the quality of movies based on comics should remain separate. And the quality of that genre of movie is hardly debatable without fully examining what is wrong with the filmmaking industry in general and the damage it could do to the comics industry. I mean... What could make or break a movie these days is a matter of special effects budget. Or if it was released on a weekend when no one went to the theater for whatever reason. And that's just not a fair way to represent the art form that is comic books. Awesome. Awesome. I had a couple things on that. So I do think it's like, yeah, a comic book movie, quote unquote, because like, you know, comic books or graphic novels are about a great many different things as we've seen yeah in our you know journey here in the uh, book club members comics podcast podcast but i <laughs> leave I, a like and review yeah uh <laughs> it's about a lot of stuff so it could it, it, it there you could have graphic novels that have absolutely no superheroes in them whatsoever and it's like a, a, a noir drama or you could have something like salt magic that's like a little bit you know right, has right. a different kind of otherworldly aspect to it so i totally agree with that completely like, when you say like Oh, what I'm going to see a movie this weekend. Oh, what movie are you seeing? Oh, it's a Marvel movie. People kind of know what about. Oh, which one is it? If it's like superheroes, yeah, you know. But this one's kind of like a heist, or this one's kind of like a whatever. Right. You know, this is in space, or this one's doing this or that. You know, you could kind of narrow it down like that. But I, 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 I generally agree with that. Where I differ with this is the whole like I'm able to kind of separate myself from. I know going into a movie that it's not going to be. A graphic novel, obviously, because like I know that right, the, right. the graphic novel medium is very appropriate to tell certain stories, and you know movies can tell 
stories in a different way as well as you know different from seeing a painting or reading a book or listening to a song you know movies if you get the right team of like the director and the sound design and the you know lighting and the costumes and everything like the batman i think is a Mm -hmm. very good example of this of like ah yeah it's not a whatever quote-unquote faithful interpretation of the specific comic that i like or whatever but it is an enjoyable thing to watch and experience, you know, and I feel like I'm able to kind of shut off various parts of my brain and just sit down and enjoy something. Same thing with animation. I feel like when people try to uh, adapt animated stuff directly into like a live action movie, okay, sometimes I kind yeah. of feel myself going, well, why? I don't, I don't feel the need to see that. So I do see where he's coming from with that regard. Sure, sure. That so makes I sense. totally get that where I'm like, well, no, like animation is a valid you know, medium and it's great and there's no way to, you know, but I, I know that there are some people who are like, ah, but I, it doesn't matter. I can, so I can definitely see where he's coming from with that. I can see how that would be frustrating in some certain ways, but I think that, uh, like they're making all these live action remakes of all these animated movies and I'm like, you missed the point. There's no reason to do this. It's really odd. So I can see how that would be frustrating, but if it's not a direct, like if it's a shot for soccer, like the Lion King, I did not see that. But, I heard that they basically just did the movie, but it's with like real life CGI animals. Right. This is yeah. what I heard. I did not see it. I, 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 I have I no need to see it. that. I, I don't need to see this. I actually did a compare and watch right. the original opening and then watch the new opening, and it's basically the same thing. My point almost, is, what's the reason? There's no reason. I mean, but it was pretty lifeless. And they're, they're, well, the reason is to make money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get that. So, exactly. So, there's, there, if there's no creative reason behind it, I do oh, not need to see absolutely it. Absolutely no reason. <laughs> so, The Batman is not like a direct shot for shot remake of a comic book, of any one graphic novel, right? So, that's what's interesting to me about it is like, oh, I'm going to get a new, different experience here. Right. And so that to me is like, oh, it's the media. It's like it's a guy who likes to make movies with a team of people who like making movies and are good at it. I'll watch that. You know what I mean? So I think that there's a little bit of a difference there. But that's my only interpretation of that situation. I will agree with Matt because I don't really like calling like superhero movies comic book movies mm-hmm. because comic book movies, I mean, comic books are about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, if you just lumped them all together as comic book movies, that means you're putting the Avengers and Ghost World in the same, um, <laughs> in the same place, and those are two widely different types of films, but they're both technically based on comic right, books. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but I am kind of curious, like Matt, um, what did you think of like more movie, wait, more superhero films that are straight adaptations, like Watchmen or Sin City or you know, Scott Pilgrim or something? like oh, that? Oh, right, yeah. Because okay. those are more "quote unquote" faithful to their original source materials, right? Right. Uh, whereas something like you know, like the Avengers or Spider Man and Batman, you got thirty, fifty, seventy, hundred plus years worth of stuff. You know, you're not going to be able to just redo all of that in a movie form, right? Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, well, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, that started off as like a play. Yeah. It was like a lot. And then they mm-hmm. made a movie of it. Like, that's one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. And I'm sure that if I saw it live in the theater, it would be very extremely different because mm-hmm. of the nature of it not being a movie. Yeah. And that's something that, like, I get it. But, like, you can't say, like, oh, I'm going to the movies. Oh, what are you going to go see? I'm going to go see it's a play movie. <laughs> you know like that's not right yeah like yeah. well there's a lot of, like what are you what kind of play like what do you mean yeah, yeah. It's, you know and it just makes me think of like other adaptations like um i recently read a comic book adaptation or a graphic novel adaptation of slaughterhouse five by right. kurt vonnegut and it was really good but it wouldn't have been as good if i hadn't read the book too i see and i mm. think like that's where quote-unquote comic book movies kind of like that's where a lot of that is. I, I think if you've read the comics, you have a little bit more appreciation for it. Or, I don't know, you're looking at it with a different lens than the people who haven't read any comics and are just going for it to see a movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So I think like that also can... It's supplemental material. Right. And it's, so yeah. for some people, like me, for the most part, like I just like seeing the characters in real life. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I watched Morbius the other day because it's streaming now, and I was like, fuck it, I'll put this on. And when he turns into the Morbius, I was like, I was like, that looks, that looks like the comic. I mean, it looks pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, like it, oh, if you're man. just taking it from a purely, I'm not even paying attention to the movie. Right. I'm just looking at the visual of the vampire face, and I'm like, that looks like the comic. Like, I get excited about that. Mm. Like, I don't even care. Like, I just get excited that it looks like the comic come to life. It was absolutely Morbin time. But then there's <laughs> Morbin time. But then there's other people who are like, 
Well, they didn't do exactly like well, whatever, like whatever. It's a different thing, and like though. I don't really look at it like that. No. To me, I'm just like, oh, I think it's just cool to see it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I just think it's cool that they're doing it at all. You know, and I kind of appreciate it on that front. Like, I mean, well, we're all from the same kind of generation. We yeah. were, we were happy with like. Whatever we fucking X-Men got. That the... X-Men cartoon, it always well, comes back. I, I remember before oh, you're that, in the movies. No, well, I'm talking about, like, I remember me and my brother would watch The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Oh, oh yeah. Or the Captain America movie where the Red Skull is Italian for some reason. <laughs> and Captain America steals at least two cars. Right, or whatever. <laughs> he has a motorcycle and a motorcycle helmet or whatever oh, thing. Man. Like, we would watch that stuff. The Lou Ferrigno. Oh, like, oh were, yeah. The, the Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man. Like, I was happy for that. Yeah. I was excited for sure. that so then when like toby Maguire and sam all that stuff came out i'm like over the moon like i'm yeah, happy man. to see the x-men in the all black i don't give a shit people are like oh well they're not wearing the costumes it's like Shut i don't up. fucking Shut care i'm just up. i'm just Who happy cares? to see it so yeah i don't know i think it also like comes from wherever you stand movie, on like, that point yeah. yeah but anyway great it's discussion. something to watch <laughs> or don't it's fine yeah, like yeah. i think where we've landed on this is whatever you like is fine yeah. to do yeah, yeah. There you but go. matt brings up a lot of good points and i love sure. that uh whole idea of like how the term comic book movie is just like so yeah. stupid no i think yeah. he posted yeah. something on twitter about that a while well, the way back he put and... that up is like you wouldn't call it a novel movie <laughs> yeah. so you know, i get that yeah i get it i'm gonna start referring to tom the, the da vinci code starring tom hanks as a novel, as movie. A novel yeah, movie yeah there but you go. only that one <laughs> only that one movie <laughs> great job thank yeah. you matt yeah absolutely so like i yeah i think where we've landed on this is like if you like it you like it and if you don't that's also fine Yes. All right. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this week we're talking about Catwoman Lonely City book two. Yes, we are. This comic was published on in December 2021. Written, drawn, lettered, colored by Cliff Chang. All of those things. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, let's talk about this cover. Catwoman jumping over some cars and looks like gunfire. Yeah, I love this. Oh. You don't say anything about her hand. It's glowing. Yeah, it, after I read this, I know it's in her hand. But like uh, at yeah. first, I thought it was just kind of, kind of stylized thing. Yeah, that's a cool little effect. I like that. And I love the um, the hoodie over the costume. Yeah, so it's that a kind of oh, yeah. It's kind of like the Scarlet Spider. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But yeah, I think that's super cool. And again, the colors... Um, the purples that Chang has been putting in this book have been really amazing. I love all the different shades here. Really nice. Very nice. We're diving back into our story here, and it's set 10 years ago, Fool's Night. We're finally going to figure out what that shit's about. Oh, right. And, yeah. Uh, by the way, there's going to be a lot of like little Easter eggs and people wearing T-shirts and stuff. So anytime you guys want to call that out, please feel free. I'm going to yeah. leave that up to y'all. Uh, so 10 years ago, Fool's Night. Joker is a social media influencer guy. He's live streaming on YouTube or whatever. And he's peak Joker here. He's got a whole little monologue about how we live in a society. <laughs> and it's revealed that he's been putting out a number of episodes over time with clues and messages to decode, apparently instructing people to put on clown masks at a specific time on Fool's Night so they can blow right, things up and yeah. shoot people with AKs. He's dressed and, as a policeman, too. Yeah, yeah, he's dressed as a cop. He's gonna, And everyone's going to shoot people and just generally cause a lot of horrific violence. And, uh, and, I like how his YouTube channel is called Puddin' Face. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he's instructing people to shoot other people and just generally cause a whole lot of horrific violence and chaos. Saw a little of this in The Batman. Robat Bat and Bat was up against the Riddler, though, but kind of right. a similar They kind of did that social media yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, we also see the Statue of Liberty has like a clown Big face Big Joker on it, face right? going a couple, on. A couple guys like, you know, uh, scaling off the side, painting mm -hmm. it up. And of course, who is looking out for the city up on the rooftops here? It's none other than the Bat family. Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, looking great. She's ready for action. Love the way she's portrayed here. Yeah, so, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week. Aubrey, you mentioned when they show Barbara, she's in the wheelchair again. Right. And we were like, well, she was previously not in the wheelchair. Is this a different universe? Maybe she, but like, we see here, she was out of it. Yeah. And now she's back. You know what I mean? So that. I feel like maybe that didn't happen yet. I, I wonder if it happened on Fool's Night. I wonder if this is just an That's alternate what I'm universe. Oh, I see. That's what I'm saying. I yes. thought you meant like she was, it ha like Killing Joke happened and then she was back as Batgirl again and then another time she got her injured. Yes. But I, oh, okay. At, on Fool's Night, probably. What I'm saying is in this universe, I feel like it happened one time on Fool's Night. Oh, okay. I don't know. This is my headcanon sure, thing sure. that's happening. We're, we're both writing fan fiction right now. <laughs> so whatever. Um, so she's there. Dick Grayson's here in his Nightwing getup. Catwoman's there. 
along with Tim Drake Robin and Bruce Wayne, of course, the batted man himself. Uh, Barbara wants to be the one to go after her father to try and save him, but Batman and Catwoman say no. She shouldn't be there. They're going to go handle it. And, of course, we know how that turns out. Yeah, she goes, like, yeah. we'll save him. And they jump off Gordon the roof. And, and it's Batman like, you die. already know that, like, ah, oh, that's so heartbreaking yeah, to see hardcore. this scene. Like, yeah. Anyway. Because, I mean, to them, it's like they've done this a thousand times. Yeah. They've all done this. You know, so they're maybe they just got a little too arrogant. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that. I just think they just... You get into it enough times, and you're up yeah. against a you know a foe so many times that you keep stepping it up, and eventually, right. I mean, you're not going to survive every time. There's going to be a point where you're just not going to make it. And I think this was that was it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Gordon and Batman both go off to die. Catwoman eventually gets captured, so they all rush off to their respective missions. That evidently all goes very poorly. Uh, cut back to present day. And Killer Croc is asleep on Selena's yeah. couch. She's <laughs> snoring away. Very cute. She's taking care of her friend. That's nice. And she gets a text message asking if she wants to meet for coffee. And I swear I had this exact phone for years. Oh, okay. I yeah. wish I still had this flip phone. I miss that. These are good times. Uh, so we cut to the coffee shop and it's Barbara. She's come around and she's asked Catwoman out for coffee. If you recall from our last episode, Catwoman did a little burglary and stole some evidence from Gotham Police. And one of the things she took was Jim Gordon's pipe and she'd given it to Babs as sort of a peace offering. Right, so. yeah. Uh, something that will become interesting later in the story is the name of the shop. It's called Lady Green Beans Tea and Coffee, and there's kind of a motif of a green lady with a flower in her hair on the logo. It kind of yeah, looks like, like a I really Starbucks. Liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be, let's keep that in mind. Well, it's also interesting how, like, in the last uh, last issue, we saw um, Captain Cold Brew or I whatever see, it was yeah. like. Right, yeah. yeah. It was also a play on the Starbucks logo. Mm-hmm. We got competing uh, yeah. coffee shops here. <laughs> Barbara comments on the heavy police presence in the coffee shop. Uh, Catwoman asks about Orpheus again. Barbara says she doesn't know what that is, but it's some sort of secret project Bruce was into, apparently, and the only way to learn more about it would be to access the Batcave, which is also heavily defended by police. Uh, Selina asks Barbara to help her get into the Batcave, but Barbara's skeptical. Selina's determined, however, and there's no better way to show that determination than a good old-fashioned training montage. Oh, yeah. John, gotta put well, in some training montage music here. I do want to say, um, I love the... The glasses with the headscarf. Yeah, I love that whole kind of like oh, I'm yeah. in disguise look or whatever. Yeah, you you, you bring that up every every single time you see a character yeah. wearing that. I think we have, we're seeing uh, what was it? One of the fucking oh well, no, that way. But no, you like that. You like that look. Yeah, I yeah, do. That's a cute I do. look. I think it's cute. So just a really great couple of pages here. I assume John's already put the training montage music in there. A really great couple of pages here. Selena and Killer Croc are training together, trying to get their strength and stamina built back up, and just some really great scenes here. You can see the camaraderie. They're doing stretches, strength training, drinking protein shakes, all that. They both have their barriers to work through. Croc's hips aren't doing so well these days. Uh, Selena's knees and back are not what they used to be, but they're encouraging uh. one another to get stronger. We see some slice-of-life things in here that are really good, like they fall asleep on the couch watching TV together and stuff. That's all really good. Apparently, yeah. Killer Croc's also got bad bathroom habits. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, come on, then. Who doesn't flush? Steady on. Um, I, I did just notice this right here. The gym says Hassan's Boxing Gym. Okay. And it has like a some sort of cougar or panther or something like that. So, um, well, he's, uh, Irwin, he's Wildcat. Erwin Hansen is the creator of Wildcat. Yeah. That's oh, cute. Okay. So, he was, cute. Uh, he was a DC writer. He lived from 1918 to 2015. That's a lovely little homage yeah, there. Yeah, that's cool. That's super cool. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah, please yeah, point those out as we go. I would love that if y'all would uh, point yeah, out Yeah, but this training details. montage, I love the colors in this. Yes. You know? Um, yeah. That's something we haven't mentioned. Obviously, so the art well. is so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, gosh. Really good. Everyone looks like a human person. It's fun, though. Yeah. It's fun, yeah. like, reading this part it's of it. Very when you get fun. to this, you're just like, he's like, uh, I told you it's my hips. I just can't lift it. Yeah, you know they're kind I mean? of, yeah. And she's like, no, give me one more, whatever, all this kind of stuff. Right, so, and he's yeah. looking at his healthy shake, and he's like, all of it. <laughs> I don't want to drink it. It's just very sweet. I, I, the Killer Croc in this universe is just adorable. I love him. I can see why they're friends. It's good stuff. And cut over to a nighttime scene over in Gotham's Chinatown district. Selena's out and about, and she sees some racist cops hassling a guy, just selling some fruit. Cops are like, what is this, rotten? The fruit merchant mentions it's just durian and always smells that way. And right. the cops get their snowflake feelings hurt, and they decide to check his immigration status as an intimidation tactic. Someone nearby mentions this is fucked, and the cops tell him to mind his business, and one of them even places their hand on their weapon, another obvious yeah. attempt at intimidation. So again, just really, yeah. we're really driving it home here that there's heavy, oppressive police pre presence around Gotham, but don't hassle immigrants. That sucks. Don't do that. 
Uh, and Selena arrives at her destination. It's a superhero merchandise store. There are two guys looking at what appear to be custom designer sneakers. And there are skateboard decks in here with superhero logos on them. There's little boxes of action figures, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, she's got um, she's got a sweater. Instead of the Supreme logo, it says Superman. <laughs> Yeah. But it's like the supreme yeah. font if you've ever seen that. Um, it's like a fashion design. This is a store Jacob would want to go to. Yeah, like, I know. We would, take, we would take our nephew there. I like the the shoes that he's looking at. He's like the '89 Bat Force ones. These are custom made for. And then he stops, but it looked like he's saying, "Say Prince," because right. Prince in the Bat Dance music video was dressed half as Batman and half as Joker. Oh man, Very Aubrey, good. that is a great pull. Very good. Thank you so much. See, that this is, is incredible. This is, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Anything you see that's like that. Please, God, man. what a great reference that That's is. Excellent. I fucking love that. Wait, isn't this guy... Um... Oh, that's the Red Lantern symbol. Yeah, that's the Red Lantern symbol. He's wearing oh, a red geez. shirt, and then he's got the... That's cool. And then his hat says Rage. Says Rage, okay. Isn't that... So he's all Red Lanterned out. Oh, that's I wonder if cool. he's if his, his is the Sinestro Corp under his. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, the guy oh. in the yellow. Like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the guys are trying to steal some of the sneakers, and Selena stops them. She addresses the shop owner and says... Hustled by bridge and tunnel kids getting sloppy, Rowena. And Rowena responds with, girl, please. I clocked them a mile away. Anyway, Selena asks if she still has her workshop. So Rowena opens a locked door behind the counter that says staff only. That opens up into a huge warehouse area full of people working on advanced superhero tech. Do you guys see anything in here you want to talk about? Or it's all just kind of generalized superhero tech. Is there anything specific going on? I don't know. There's that big claw. I was trying to think what that could be, but it only has three fingers and a thumb. I feel like it's just supposed to be just generic, yeah. like we're yeah. working on generic tech here. But um, her store, and I think they also call her the OG Beast. Yeah. So I was like, is that a reference to KG Beast? Mm-hmm. So he was um, a supervillain in the DC Comics. I, I I was wondering what OG Beast is a reference to, or... I thought it was a reference to KG Beast. Right, okay. right. Yeah. So like... What is her relation to him? Is she like related to him or something like that? She might just be trying to capitalize off of the name brand recognition. Right. Like right. everything in the store, I think that might be what's going on there. This whole scene is giving me kind of a, the same vibes from um, Incredibles Part 1 where he goes to see Edna Mole for the first oh, time. Oh, right. Yeah. He's yeah. Just like, I just need you to fix my suit. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. I'm no. doing all this. She's a tanker. She's a tanker right. in this universe here. This is a hobo suit, darling. You can't be seen in this. I won't allow it. So uh, Catwoman's brought a bag full of her busted up, worn out gear, and Rowena does not like the look of it at all. Says so she's going <laughs> to need some upgrades and even comments on the soles of Selena's boots. We were talking about that last issue. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, she, she was said was slipping that. and sliding all over <laughs> the right. roof's tops. She was like, this is not good. Uh, Selena also hands over some prescription notes asking if Rowena's cousin, a doctor, can get her... The meds and the look on her face is so like she's just desperate for any kind of relief, you know, and it's just so right. Ah, it's just I, that that part got me right there. Uh, I assume they're pain medication of some kind for her, maybe her knees and her back right, or something like yeah. that. Uh, so in exchange for these services, Selena agrees to look after Rowena's son, Winston. Winston turned down a job at Star Labs because it was too corporate, man, and <laughs> needs some life experience. So he's going to go be Selena's protege apprentice helper what have you for for a little bit there uh winston mentions that he used to have a catwoman poster in his room and Uh. when she asks which one we get a brief shot like a one panel shot of. it looks like that jim balance yeah thinking back late 80s man (laughs) the image of the poster and becoming embarrassed about it since it's the one with the infamous purple costume yeah as john was saying i looked for this poster i tried to see if i could find it there are a lot of different Jim Ballant yeah. Catwoman uh, posters. There is one with the moon in it, yeah. okay. but it didn't look exactly like this. Um, but there are some. Well, the point ones, is that yeah. it's pretty saucy. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's I, like, it's okay. She's Winston. all right. It's okay. She probably gets that a lot. Um, uh, I, I did want to mention. So yeah. Winston, he's always got cool shirts on. Yes. And this yeah. one's got Black Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, in this gold box, I like how it's black, and then Adam is like flipped upside down. I think that might be a play on another modern logo, but I'm not into modern. Sure. Fashion no, as I mean much. I have to assume that's the case. And then on OG Beast hat, it says Kanga, and Kanga is the is Wonder Woman's kangaroo. 
Isn't that her pet kangaroo or whatever? Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, and I think that is also a play on a modern logo, but yeah. I don't know. Is sure, it supposed to be know. the polo? We're not trendy. So. Yeah. So uh, listeners, let us know which um, fashion references I'm missing here. <laughs> I feel like I know the Black Adam one. Like I know I've seen it. Yeah, but... yeah. We don't do name brand stuff. Yeah. So we don't know. <laughs> uh, cutting back over to Selena and Killer Croc. Winston's driving them to a hotel in a limo. Selena's putting on a white wig and a rich lady outfit. Killer Croc is complaining that he likes to get dressed up too and asks why he can't go with her. And Selena <laughs> responds, because you're a giant fucking crocodile. That's why. <laughs> Winston pipes up, say, hey, you want to trade? She's got me looking like Bruce Lee, but Selena cuts him off, too, telling right. him he should be so lucky. Yeah, yeah. So they enter the hotel. She's disguised as a duchess and says she needs the best suite in the hotel. They think it's because she's a fancy rich lady, but thanks to the narration boxes, we all know that it's because she'll have access to the roof, plenty of exits, should she need to swing about on the rooftops while she executes her little plans. Right. right? So uh, Selena catches the attention of another guest at the hotel, a man with uh, red hair and white at the temples. He's oh, also trying to this. scam the best room at the hotel, and when he sees her, he stops carrying on and just books the next best room, and when she passes him, she quietly invites him to join her at the bar that night, and he agrees. So cut over to, it's 11.25 at night, they're at the bar together, and come to find out this guy's the Riddler! We know this because Selena says, riddle me this, what have you been up to, yeah. Eddie Nigma? Yeah, I oh, love that. Oh, so good. That was so good, Very yes. good. That's an excellent introduction. There's something about this... Um, I mean, obviously, I'm in love with the artwork. I fucking love this artwork. It's incredible. Oh, yeah, it's great. That on its own would be, like, enough... That on its own would be enough for me to say, this guy's amazing. Not only that, this writing is so natural. For these ridiculous scenarios with just the most outrageous characters, it's just so silly when you think about it, but he makes it seem so natural. He makes it so wonderful. The interactions are very, like... They give you a bit of a thrill. Yeah. All the characters are doing exactly what you think they should be doing. It's all very in character, and it's all very delightful, and it's, um, yeah, it's just really wonderful. I love, um, there's a couple details in this hotel lobby scene that I really Go like. Go for it. Um, one is when Winston is pushing all the stuff, and he's like, making like a exasperated sound and she's like that's mostly your computer shit kid (laughs) that was really great that's great when riddler is making a scene in the front desk he's got a girl with him yes which and she's on her phone daughter and but she's in the riddler colors yes so he's not he's like in very normal um kind of plain clothes (laughs) but she's in the bright green and purple stuff excellent which i thought was like really cool that kind of gave me a hint right there yeah yeah you know, uh, that that might be somebody of interest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're spending a lot of time on this guy. Right. So you got to know as soon as they lock eyes and like, ah, who is this? Back to this scene where they're at the bar together. This one screen grab is Jim Carrey, right? Yes. Okay. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. So they're they're at the bar together. They're hanging out. And he mentions that he and his daughter have been grifting hedge fund schmucks and blackmailing people. And he and Selena proceed to reminisce about old times and selena brings up the fact he used to carry around a big cane and wear a bodysuit and right. we get a panel of the old school riddler with that green question looks mark like, but it looks like the jim carrey it absolutely one right really does. Does. Yeah. Yeah. and his response to that is perfect he just goes look i was doing a lot of coke back then which yeah <laughs> just a friend but you can call me the riddler i love this detail absolutely that jim him and his daughter are now doing scams yes, together absolutely. and she's like in on it so when yeah. so now when you think about her being in the colors yeah. like she's kind of taken up some of that you know absolutely. what i mean which yeah. i think is cool super good very matchstick men if that didn't have a sad ending it's like like yes i'm a oh, super villain a sad movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes i am a super villain but i'm gonna make my daughter a super villain too oh yeah absolutely. you know what i mean I would like absolutely yeah. do that i'd be like, like yeah dad where are we gonna let yeah teach me let's do this uh so the night goes on he mentions that despite all the shots he took at batman no one ever got seriously hurt you know and he even thinks Batman might have got a kick out of it and maybe liked going up against Riddler the best, presumably because of all the riddles. Right. Right? Really challenged <laughs> yeah, there you go. He couldn't, I can resist. And Selena was like, oh, you guys are so competitive about it. Which prompts Eddie to ask her what was it all about for her. And she replies it was about freedom. Her. That kind of makes me think back to when she was running across the rooftops with the smile on her face. Yeah, yeah. And so the waiter asks Selena if she'd like another scotch. Riddler orders a club soda. It's revealed that uh, Edward Nigma's wife passed away. He's now clean and sober, has been for 12 years. They share a few more stories about the good old days that he gets the check and writes most of his phone number down on a napkin except the last number, which is a question mark. Okay, buddy. Right. Uh, you can't resist, right? And so, <laughs> yeah, I like all these little panels of them catching up. That's really cute. They stay out till like three in the morning hanging yeah, out at this lovely. bar. So yeah. I think that's pretty cool too. They're just like, you know, when you're 
when you're with an old friend you haven't seen it in a long time and yeah. the time just passes yeah. and it just keeps going and going you're like holy shit you know how i love this so, i yeah. really do love this it's very natural yeah so the uh the next couple of pages are excellent really yeah. interesting yeah cutting back to 30 years ago here we are catwoman's in the purple suit and she's got a little party mask on some little cat ears and well she's... it's it's no. the uh, it's the julie newmar suit from yeah. the batman 66 yeah, it's a 66 yeah. suit yeah and she's uh stealing a big necklace right like you do batman's chasing her around saying she's awesome she could be so much more than a jewel thief come hang out with me instead they have a bit of a tussle her little domino mask comes off, and it looks like they're going to do a big kiss. But instead, Batman takes the necklace off her, and she runs away. Man, I love the action yes, on this. Yes, I excellent. mean, um, The on progression this, through the scene is so natural. When again. he throws the batarangs at her, and yeah. she flips upside down on that first uh, that first scene. Human I mean, all woman. Of this human is woman. Like really cool. And I love how... Uh, Chang does the 66 Batman costume. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't look like completely ridiculous. Like, it looks pretty <laughs> yeah. cool, but you can see it in there. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, this is really great. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So, so, we're cutting back to now, and they're all set up in their fancy hotel room. Killer Croc's having a burger, hanging out with a little cat on the couch there, which uh, Winston and Selena check out some plans they're working on. They're trying to get into Wayne Manor, a.k.a. the location of the Batcave, so they can't figure out how to get in. It's just too complicated. Selena remarks that they'd need a magic wand to get in, and Winston's already on top of it. He says when Star Labs was recruiting him, he went into the deep storage unit and caught a glimpse of the original Alan Scott Green Lantern ring. Obviously, that would be a pretty helpful tool for them. It does phasing. It does teleportation. You can make energy constructs out of it, like a big boxing glove, presumably. So they're all going to go and do a big heist and get the magic ring. But tell us a little bit about Alan Scott, Aubrey, Green Lantern. Tell Aubrey, us about you... Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Uh, so he was the first Green Lantern created in the Golden Age. Uh, his costume was red and yellow. Uh, no, red and black. Uh, he did not have a weakness against yellow. It was against wood. Uh, Interesting. And he, his was more of a magic-based than the sci-fi-based one uh, okay. that Hal Jordan became later when they reintroduced the characters in like the 50s and 60s. Okay. And then in the new 52, they had him come out as gay. Nice. Right. right okay. I do remember that. Love that. Um, I, did, I did notice that uh, Winston is wearing a shirt that says, More Fun. Okay. Um, so that's the logo of More Fun Comics. Okay. Um, that was a comics title from 1935 to 1947. It was the first publication of the company that would become DC. So they weren't DC oh, yet, but this was the first comic they put out. It was called More Fun Comics. And actually, I think like Green Arrow and Speedy were featured in that comic back in the day. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Anyway. Killer Croc has a Gotham Knights shirt on. It says Eastern Division Champs 1986. A good year. That is a good year. <laughs> <laughs> they also do an unboxing here as well. Got a package from Winston's Ma. Selena has some fancy new shoes for jumping around in a fancy new suit with Did knee braces. Did you zoom in on this in box? Them. Look at this box. OGBs. I just love the little like. It looks like a fancy like. Oh yeah, uh, designer box. Yeah, yeah, it looks like an actual. It's I don't like know. Like a Versace. Exactly. Like thing. you know what I mean when you buy a fancy piece of clothing or well, whatever I have some the fancy actual shoes. book so i can't zoom in on it but i can look at it real oh, close okay, so i yeah. can bring it to my face <laughs> there we go nice beautiful Just all those little designs Lovely. in there really anyway. nice that's cool so uh <laughs> one time i tried to double tap on a on a, on a cow yeah <laughs> and i was just like dumbass. you see babies doing that too trying to like zoom in on stuff um so uh, <laughs> selena's got a fancy new suit she's got with it's got knee braces built into them also for jumping around like when christian bale's knee was all fucked up and thomas lennon was like no you can't go hella skiing <laughs> and uh he puts a robotic thing on his knee and does a big kick at the wall he kicks the wall apart yes guess it's like that that's all you need that's all you need i cannot recommend that you go hella skiing so now it's uh one month to election day selena's walking along with killer croc he distracts a guy while selena pickpockets his wallet classic stuff he works for Star Labs, so they get his ID card to gain access to the facilities. It was nice of her to return the wallet after she took the ID card, I think. That was nice. Yeah, so uh, Killer Croc, he, when he creates a distraction, we kind of see his shirt a little bit. I was about to bring that one. Oh, I was ahead. about to say, yeah. Uh, I ahead. mean, I, it, it says telepathic ape, and it makes me think of Gorilla Grodd. That's Gorilla Grodd, yeah. 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 Excellent. So um, he first appeared in The Flash 106 in May 1959, and he's a telepathic, super intelligent, evil gorilla apparently now he's a fashion mogul <laughs> why are there so got, many he's got the apes. hat on too so many 
comic books guys are like, you know what this comic book needs? Apes. <laughs> a big old ape. A big old ape. All right. So Selena gets in there. She's looking good. I dig the outfit. It's pretty good. She gets to the ring, and Winston tells her through the earpiece that she needs to grab the big lantern-shaped battery, but it's all smashed up. There's only a few pieces of it there. So she grabs the ring. She grabs the little shards, and she bails. And there's wait, this... wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, go hold for on. it. Yeah, we yeah, got to go back. I want to talk about this costume. Let's a little do bit. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, do you guys think? I love, I love it. I, think I, it looks I like great. that she has practical shoes. Yes. Yeah. They look oh, very yes. comfortable. They I... look like like you know if you were a cat burglar, like you wouldn't wear like some boots. You or absolutely high would not heels wear anything with a heel on it. No. Wouldn't wear like stilettos and right. make a clicking you know noise what I mean? as you walk. We were watching um, we were watching like MythBusters, and they were trying to figure out how to like go through a vent and it's all loud and everything <laughs> and he's like is the god of thunder breaking is Thor in? the god of thunder breaking into this bank you know but That's it's one like of my favorite episode if you had like if you had big boots or heels or something it would make a lot of clacking sound you know what i mean you need Horrible. like a, a silent shoe well, it's or also, whatever i hate to bring up the obvious but running in heels yeah no but i love the um so yeah these shoes are definitely the appropriate type of shoe you'd be yeah wearing. and i love the uh the sweater over the the tights, like I said earlier. Um, and I like that her wrists are kind of exposed. Like, it's kind of like yeah. she's got, like, the forearm. It goes up to the forearm. And she's got these little, like, glove, mm. finger, fingerless gloves. All that is really cool. I think that's really tight. I think this would make an awesome cosplay. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. needs to pull this off. It would be really good. Really yeah. gorgeous, yeah. Oh, and then, well, when um, I lose weight, I'll do it. Okay, I, I'm looking and forward then, uh, to it. And then, Aubrey, I couldn't really recognize any of these details. Uh, do you recognize any of this stuff here? Oh, this stuff in the yeah, uh, the cases. That looks like kryptonite. Yeah, I did see that. There's something like in. What a, if okay, that's that the city? Is... What if that's the little city? Oh right, oh, the bottled yeah. city. Yeah, but there's like a little book. Like I'm like, that's got to be something. Uh, this is the original Sandman's mask, mask oh, and gun. There oh, there you shit. go. Okay, cool. Uh, and then right next to it, that looks like Morpheus's mask. Oh, you're right. There's both of the Sandman masks in there. That's awesome. What? Whose gauntlet is that? I wonder whose gauntlet that is. It's got two guns on it. Um, that's probably something. I want to say that book is something too, but I Maybe don't know. Maybe that's the 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 Queen of Fables thing. Right. I think right. these are some mother boxes up at the top. Oh yeah, Ooh, you're mother right. boxes. Anyway. Oh, and I think that might be the Phantom Zone projector. Oh, cool. Is there like any, do you see any boom tubes or anything like this happening? <laughs> Sorry, but I just got to say, I put Aubrey on the spot there. I just like, he didn't even know that I was going to ask him that. And you just pulled out all these. Was, that was amazing. Anyway. Oh, that was yeah. incredible. Thank you, Danielle. Continue. Yeah. I guess that's Green Lantern power battery partial. <laughs> partial oh, in parentheses, right? <laughs> so she grabs the ring. She grabs little shards and she's, she's out of there. She bails. And there's an exciting scene where some guys are shooting freeze rays at her while she's running away. And then some guys in robot costumes corner her on a rooftop, some go-bot looking ass dudes. And they tell her to surrender the ring. But all these people are watching and she feels like she should be dramatic instead. So she activates the ring and it helps her land safely on the ground and she makes her get away. I like how the, the Star Labs guards are using Freeze's technology yes. for their weapons. I was going to say, like, was Freeze there? Like, how did they get his tech or whatever? Maybe he got killed. And they, they took probably, all his stuff. Yeah. They have a habit of just murdering people and taking their stuff. And then what are these robots? Are those based on anything? The Star Labs robots that come flying out? Is that anything? I'm not familiar with okay. it. Okay. Yeah. It seems like it's a really specific design. It's extremely throwback. Yeah, yeah. So the next day, it's all over the news. Harvey Dent's doing some damage control for his campaign by blaming Catwoman's daring escape on the police commissioner. And in private, he's super pissed. He's yelling at his goons about it. He's at his little villain hideaway. And we uh, see the stripped down bat car here. Pretty wild. What do you guys think of this? Well, hold on. I like it when he blames it on the commissioner and the commissioner's like sitting there like, watching this on TV and going, the fuck? Yeah, yeah. he's like, because in the last, at the end of the last issue, he was telling the commissioner, like, hey, chill out. All she did was take some evidence. It's not that big of a deal. And then now that she did this bigger crime, he's like, yeah, now he's throwing it on the commissioner who thought, like, yeah, I love that panel. That's great. Uh, and as for the Batmobile, I'm actually not surprised that they have it, to be honest with you. No, it just yeah, seems but like I kind mean, of shady bullshit government. Of course. No, do. totally. No, I didn't mean that. I just mean like, what do you think of it being all like stripped down like this? It's pretty It's like that scene in Independence intense. Day where they're trying to figure out how the uh, sure. the spaceship works right, yeah. <laughs> in Area 51. The freak show. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. I guess because they mentioned like... 
that it's going to shut down soon. So I guess the yeah. Batmobile is running everything. It's running out of batteries and right, it's running right. their whole little fucking plans and shit. All their RoboCops and all that. Uh, it's got predictive algorithms. What's that all about? 1984 and all that, yeah, et cetera, man. and so forth. Really makes you think. <laughs> Scene ends with Harvey telling the commissioner that he needs to take care of Catwoman, and Harvey says he'll take care of the rest. So. And he's giving the finger guns when he's he is. Running. He's doing the finger he's guns. Like, you take care of Catwoman. Yeah, that's very assuring. <laughs> that's very reassuring. So back at uh, Selena's hotel room, the gang is uh, dead in the water with Plan A. Since the ring only had a small charge in it, Selena used that to get off the roof, and without the charger battery thing, they can't. Charge it back up. So Winston mentions that it was broken in a crisis event. Too bad we don't have Matt Strachbein to talk about this crisis. Oh event yeah, that do you know which here. crisis gonna, event it was? It was. I'm just in. gonna assume that it was a big deal until it wasn't. <laughs> it was probably crisis on infinite Earth, crisis, infinite crisis, final crisis, dark crisis, <laughs> uh, flashpoint crisis. I don't know. So what right. you're saying was it was uh, a big deal until it wasn't. Yeah, I love Winston's Green Lantern T-shirt. I mean, it just says green. It's, it's, there's no green quote on the shirt. It's a white t-shirt with a, with a lantern symbol and in green. I would fucking totally love this shirt. The that ink is a cool the, shirt. The ink, by the way, is black for yes, people who... Right, yeah. yeah. So it's not green. It's a black green, and white shirt that and says shirt. green on it. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, I think what it would also be funny is if they had the hex code for the color. Oh, okay. oh that would be super awesome. I would love awesome. that. But that I, would be even further removed. But from again, me. I want to say that this might be a play on an actual type yes. of shirt yeah, sure. or an I'm actual sure it is. fashion I thing that know. we don't know about because we're not cool. Anyway. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Wait <laughs> or, a minute. We are, are we cool. cool? And we refuse, we, to en- we refuse to engage in this thing where we pay way too much money for something that's just not <laughs> worth the quality of No, we uh, no, we're totally cool because you remembered this old school phone. <laughs> I had I think, that phone. I think I had I that had phone. I had that exact phone. I, I definitely had one similar to that. God, I miss phones like that. I do not. You anyway. can still get them. Mm, can you though? Yeah. Yeah, it's called. Um... I think I'll get kicked out of society if I do that. <laughs> I can't might. help you there. <laughs> so there you go, which might not be a bad thing. So Selena gets on her flip phone. She says she's going to go to plan fucking B. She's got a backup plan here. On the next page, we see there's a lot of civil unrest, a lot of social issues at hand. Some of the citizens are taking to the streets wearing these big smiling cat masks. Kind of look like a big Cheshire cat. I don't right, know if this is an actual yeah. character yeah. or something. Does that look familiar to y'all? It kind of looks like the... I feel like that they had a cat face like this in Batman Returns. Um, I see. Oh, the you're right. That thing. is the uh, Max Shrek okay. cat face. Yes, you're absolutely right, Aubrey. God, that was a great Excellent. cat. Excellent. Second Batman Returns uh, reference in this comic, because in the last one, we referenced the costume. Wonderful. And then on this one. Yeah. Um, but I love this idea that uh, every time she's made these escapes, people have seen her. Yeah. So it's become like this social media thing. Like thing. she's been freed and now she's already done two. Well, like, yeah, this is very much. Heist. Hey, Catwoman is back and she's not afraid. Yeah. Now we're also not afraid and we're all antiheroes and whatever. So that's what that's about. I like this one protest sign here that says not in my bat yard. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Harvey Dent's like, they'll complain, but they'll also be first in line to buy tickets. Go Knights. Nice. Nice. Jerk. God, such a dipshit. So they're protesting. They want to tear down the Monarch Theater, and right. that's where they're going to build this new stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Boo. So back to Selena's hotel room. Before we jump back in, I just want to point out uh, her Birds of Prey jacket here. That's fun. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Great job. I was wondering what that uh, oh, what nice. that symbol was. And I think that um, Edie, Edie here is uh, wearing some type of... Is that Wonder Woman? Yeah, yeah. It looks very Wonder it's, Woman. It's, it's got the Wonder Woman symbol on there. It's kind of hard to see, but uh, Winston is wearing a shirt that says Trillionaire's Green Team. Okay. There's a Billionaire's Boys Club. That The logo is very similar to that. Oh, okay. Really? So Green Team Team Trillionaires was an ongoing series from DC Comics that ran from 2013 to 2014, and it started the Green Team. They are a group of boy millionaires. Okay. Commodore Murphy, J.P. Houston, Cecil Sunbeam, and Abdul Smith. In the New 52 reboot, they were teenage trillionaires, and Smith is replaced by Mohammed Katani. I hate all of them. I hate all of them. Green Team was created by Joe Simon and Jerry Granetti, first appearing in first issue special number two in 1975. Great. So anyway, that's just like an old school throwback reference, that Green Team trillionaires. Like, Chang is like diving deep 
to, yeah. you know what I mean, for some of these references. Very mm. good, very good. So uh, Selena's backup plan is happening. Riddler and his daughter show up at the door. Uh, Riddler's daughter's name is Edie, by the way, and she and Catwoman have a conversation in Spanish here where Edie reveals that she used to have a poster of Catwoman in her room. Uh, Catwoman <laughs> asks her which one it was, and she says the one with the black costume and the goggles, and Selena slyly mentions that this is a good choice, kind of looking over at Winston, and he's like, what? <laughs> and that's, that's pretty cute. That's a like great that. moment. I love this idea, too, that Catwoman speaks fluent Spanish. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. She's, just bust into it. She's right. half white, half Hispanic in oh, this right. particular said, Yeah, it universe. said that in the, when he yeah. saw her in the Terminator vision right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's often, you know, black or Hispanic or what have you. So good stuff. Um, I love this bottom panel where Killer Croc, he's not too happy about this at first. He's right. like, so we're splitting five ways now. <laughs> and Edward Nygma R- says. The Riddler's pretty quick on the draw with this one. Hey, Croc, what's jack shit split three ways? <laughs> Very <laughs> good. Basically, you're not going to get anything with just you three. Right. So, well, he has a pretty yeah, good point. They yeah. definitely need some help here. Uh, fortunately, Rowena's here, too. She's got some medicine for Selena, which is very nice. A robot helmet that Winston designed for Selena, but she doesn't want it. It's too complicated. Edie seems to like it, though. So they all gather around some blueprints on the table while they go over their game plan. It's time to get hyped, boys. John, are you hyped for this? What about you, Aubrey? Yes. I am some, super hyped. Let's go. So Let's get into it. So many references. OG Beast is wearing a cheetah print shirt, and even her cap says cheetah on it. She's, the bags that she's carrying all the gear in says Speed Force. Right, the, their DoorDash logo says Speed Force <laughs> on it. Um, I love this uh, Gotham Herbal Pharmacy or whatever bag. I all believe that stuff it's pronounced cool. Herbal. Herbal, there you go. Anyway, I just had to point those out. I love this. Oh, and the Speed Force logo has um, the Jay Garrick flash. You can tell because of the hat. Oh, okay. Good Aww. job. Awesome. <laughs> adorable so the gals are breaking into a laboratory apparently the same laboratory where the joker jumped into a vat of chemicals or whatever whatever it is that he does and uh, look no judgment man if that's your thing if you want to jump into a vat of chemicals go for your life fill your boots and uh, they're stealing samples of chemicals they take a bunch of these chemicals they're getting ready to leave and they see killer croc waiting for them the the place they're breaking into ace chemicals definitely the building looks a lot like the one in batman 89 mm-hmm. the axis chemicals yes and i okay. love the color palette the green uh, yeah. yeah like toxic in yes, the sky and absolutely. all that kind of stuff um we also see that winston here he's wearing a hoodie that says my son Malia Paris. I guess that's a play on some other fashion logo, but it's a Maison Mala. There Maison you go. Mala means house. Ah, Mala. yes. Monsieur Mala was a super intelligent gorilla with a machine gun. He was a charter member of the Brotherhood of Evil, making him an enemy of Doom Patrol. He often worked closely with his creator and eventual lover, the Brain. Monsieur Mala. Another gorilla character. Yes. Uh, yes. Yet another fucking ape and then a uh, killer croc's wetsuit is says his ocean master yeah. says ocean master that's ocean very master cute is the, uh, he's the villain of aquaman that's so adorable i like all that i love that i love like all the villains seem to have some sort of like branding trademark they, you're now. right all the villains are cool and they've all like yeah. doubled down on their i'm gonna put my shit on a logo well S- superman had a logo too yeah yeah fashion. well that too yeah, but yeah. i'm just like you know <laughs> I mean, Croc is wearing it's Ocean good. Master. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't cute. buy the superhero stuff. Oh, there you go. Maybe that's what it is. So uh, Killer Croc's there, and Selena hands him some stuff, and he jumps in the water, takes off. Meanwhile, the gals are heading out as well, but they are confronted by a guard. They knock him over and keep running. They're jumping around. They do a big escape. They jump right. out over the river and deploy <clears throat> their parachutes and get into a van and take off into the night. Well, I, I love this part where Edie, she's like, it's her first time doing this kind of thing. So she's like, what do we do? And Catwoman just goes, come out swinging. And she just, like, knocks the guard down. I love that panel right there, the action in that. Um, They just go for it. Just going for it. But you really get the sense that, like, Edie's learning from the expert. Catwoman's just like, we're fucking doing this. And Edie's like, oh, shit. You can see, like, um, Cheng does a great job with her, like, reactions, you know, to all of this. Whereas to Selena, it's just another night on the job. It's a Tuesday. But I like how um, Edie jumps up to the second what is that, landing catwalk or whatever? Right. And reaches down and grabs and pulls Selena up. Yeah. Well, Selena's thinking to herself the whole time, like, man, even when I was in my prime, was I ever that fast? Yeah, yeah. You know, Edie physically is, like, could take on Catwoman in her prime, and she's recognizing this. So that's interesting that she's, like, uh, picked the right one, right? So they uh, they get into their van, and they're taking off, and Selena tells them that they're going to get on an airplane and take a little trip. Uh, so cutting back over to the B plot here where Harvey Dent and Barbara Gordon are running for mayor. They're having a debate. 
Oh, I love They're having this. a political yeah. debate. And Harvey Dent is like, uh, actually, algorithms can't be racist, but they definitely can. They absolutely are. Well, they most definitely <laughs> like, are. Like, consistently. Uh, he's referring to the algorithm they stole from Batman that the police are now using to be super oppressive in an extra racist way. And Barbara's like, listen, the police are overwhelmingly targeting low-income neighborhoods and people of color. And he's like, we can't rely on heroes. We have to save ourselves. And Babs comes back with, but who will save us? from ourselves that gets a big reaction oh gotcha everyone like that also like how harvey he's like with his two-faced hand he's tapping and then he's scratching then he's tapping and and then he i guess he realizes he's doing and he puts his hand over his over his other hand to stop him from doing right it's like his quote-unquote good side has to stop the two-faced side from getting worked up sure right something like that or he he probably would play with the coin a lot too (laughs) oh right yeah if he had it yeah yeah Cutting back over to the A-plot, Selena and her crew are in Brazil, and they're rocking up to Poison Ivy's headquarters here. They're fighting back against deforestation of the Brazilian rainforest and even regrowing parts of it. And it is revealed that she funds her operation by running Starbucks, a.k.a. Lady Green Beans. Yes. Yeah, yes. earlier in the story we saw the cafe. That's her. She has flour in her hair. She grows coffee, and she sells it, etc. I love the way that Poison Ivy looks in this. She just looks wonderful. She looks great. Yeah. She looks fantastic. She's doing She's doing great. So another, I got to throw out a couple of little details here. So Winston, he's always wearing cool shirts. He's got this shirt that says, Wing and Jimmy and Thomas and Chop Chop. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? And it's like one of those shirts, like it's very common to see shirts in that. Yeah. Style or whatever, right? I've seen the shirts. I don't remember what they say, though. Right. There's a lot of different variations of it. So I was trying to figure out what these references are. So Jimmy and Thomas, like, I don't really know what those are references to. Like, Jimmy, I obviously think, like, Jimmy Olsen. Okay. Right? But Wing and Chop Chop are, like, really early DC characters that are real, like, stereotypical Asian, like, stereotypes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and... um. I was wondering if Chang is, like, calling it out or... But I don't know who well, Thomas and Jimmy right. are. Well, or earlier it, we saw, you know, him calling out, like, cops treating immigrants poorly and all that sort of thing. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he just turned that into, like, a little private joke. Right. But then I, I want... So I wonder if there's other stereotypic characters named Thomas and Jimmy or... I don't know. Or maybe these are all just sidekicks. Sure. And it's like Jimmy sure. Olsen and right. Thomas is somebody yeah. else. I don't know. If anyone uh-huh. knows the rest of that, I, there's some trivia that I'm missing on that shirt and it's driving me insane. Question. <laughs> is Killer Croc wearing a Captain Boomerang shirt? Yes or no? Uh, oh, it is. It is. It's like the Nike logo. It's yeah, like the Nike but it's swoosh, a boom- but it's a boomerang. A it is. Okay. Yeah, and Edie has a um, a jersey that has the number 52 on it. I see. The new 52. Oh, right? yeah. Okay. So, all right. Very nice. Cool references in there. I love yeah. all this. Poison Ivy does look fantastic. She looks great. So uh, let's see here. What am I? Sorry. Blah, 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 blah. So they all go to their rooms to freshen up for dinner, and Ivy is excited to see her friends. They're all dancing and having little drinks, and Killer Croc's got just the ultimate dad look going on. I genuinely oh, I love, love it. <laughs> I genuinely love it. Selena and Ivy are hanging out the edge of the party, and uh, we find out that Ivy left Gotham after Fool's Night. She says that with Harley gone and in the storm, there wasn't any reason to stay. So I assume she was killed during right, Fool's Night. Right, yeah. I wonder yeah. what happened Horrible. to Harley Quinn, yeah. Uh, Selena has asked Ivy to come back to Gotham, though, and Ivy agrees she's going to go back for a visit. Eddie comes up and asks Selena to dance, but Ivy can sense that Selena's maybe just not in the mood to dance right now. So before it gets awkward, Ivy jumps in and says she wants to dance with him first, and Eddie seems just happy to be there, honestly. So that yeah. works out. Uh, well, she's like, us redheads got to stick together, yeah. Eddie. And she turns around and she winks yeah. at Selena like, Ivy I got gives, this. Exactly. You know yeah. what I, mean? That's the, I love those little character moments. Yes. It's very subtle, but it's like it tells a lot about their relationship and all those kinds of things. Like I love the idea that these characters haven't seen each other in forever, but you get... Poison Ivy, the Riddler, and Catwoman together, and they just fall, they fall into right it. Back you into know it. what I mean? They yeah. have those relationships, and that's fun. I don't know. It comes across yes. in the art and in the dialogue. Well, I, I mean, you know this about. I love a character-driven story. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just like, okay, here is the plot. We have to cram everybody into what we want the plot to be, and so these character-driven moments are so. I could just have that. Yeah. just that i yeah. love that so much and, and so yeah the story is really moving along but we get this one panel of her just sitting there alone you know yes. we, she does get a little the bit of silence but like is excellent we, we we do get a moment to kind of like 
process yeah. that and it puts us back in selena's mindset i guess cliff chang is an excellent storyteller yeah. in every sense of the word visual and 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 everything the pacing is excellent it's really good very cinematic so yeah ivy gives selena a little wink and takes off and Edie sees this as an opportunity to bother selena she wants selena to train her <laughs> and this takes selena by surprise selena says she'll think about it so that's probably a yes Back to Harvey Dent, he's all mad that public opinion is leaning in favor of Barbara. Now he has a big tantrum and smashes the bell jar with a coin in it and he holds up the coin like a lunatic and he has a new slogan. Harvey Dent, the only choice. And that's it for this issue. What do y'all think of that? Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. He, oh, he, smashed so good. The, he smashed the coin out of the thing. Yeah. So I, I like this because his plan is we're going to make Catwoman snap. We're doing all this stuff. That's what the end of the last issue was. But what's really happening... His plan... Is all these things are going reverse on him and it's causing him to lose it in a way. He's, Um, yeah, he's lost it. And it it ends with him taking the coin back out. He's gone absolutely bonkers here. You know, I feel like the fact that it was in that bell jar was kind of like... Yeah. We're separated. Yeah. But now that he's got it again, I don't know. It symbolizes a lot for yeah, him to be holding does. that coin yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, this is incredible. I mean, I love the characters. Um, I love Edie. I love that character. She comes into the story, yeah. and I think she just kind of like fits in so well. Oh, yeah. I like that you have these two characters, Winston and Edie, who both kind of like idolized Catwoman or looked up to her in a way. They're both kind of obsessed with superheroes right. and all this stuff and yeah. trying to do their own thing. Like, I like that it's you've got modern characters to keep us like with what is actually going on yes. in, the, in yeah. this world or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it just continues to impress and like it just flows so well. The colors are so well done. I mean, everything. I don't know. I, I it's just, I it's just wonderful. There's one person doing all yeah. of this and it's all amazing and it all works. Oh, it's yeah. Just incredible. It's so good. And I also I think we can all agree that it is too woke. Oh, so woke. From top to bottom, just I mean, I, I, I mean, woke. just I was, I was infuriating reading the whole time. Uh, yeah. I didn't see no man flexing their man muscles. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of flipping back through it, I love the when there's the flashbacks. It's like almost like a brighter color palette. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. We, yeah. When we go back in time and we're seeing some of this stuff, it looks just like a little bit more dynamic. And I just love all the references. There's probably some that we didn't even catch, but like, you know, Cliff Chang, like he loves the DC universe. Mm. You can tell. Oh yeah, yeah you can by definitely all the tell. Weird, yeah. these weird, obscure references. As I'm looking this stuff up, I'm like, wow, these are deep cuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to be able to blend like the fashion references. He's like, look, and these characters are wearing <laughs> shirts in this scene, so that's just an opportunity for me to get a thing in there. Yeah, which I love. Yeah. I love that. Well, why would you want boring, just run of the mill generic shirts when you could have? something in there so that's cool yeah. i like that yeah that's interesting i love those batman 89 bat four shoes i know we got to make those happen man just but the stuff like the the dynamic way that the characters move throughout the story and the storytelling itself all the camera angles and oh, quote yeah. unquote you know and just all the obviously the colors are incredible and just the storytelling itself just it's just a, it's just impeccable i mean from top to bottom every aspect of it everything and it's it's just one guy yeah. I just... Uh, it blows my mind. Sorry, I'm kind of going back no, a little please, bit. No, please, please, uh, yeah. Uh, looking at this Poison Ivy scene, like, I like how... It, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of greenery. Everything's overgrown. It, it looks all pretty normal, but then we see she does have this one freakishly large, <laughs> like, like Venus fly. She trap. can't help it. She's got to have at least one that's and just it has super like, weird. It has bones all around yeah, it and stuff great. like that. Like, it's clearly been eating stuff. There's someone, like, watering it with this, like, huge thing. I love it reminds that. Me whatever. Of the, uh, makes me think of the Little Shop of Horrors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I love that. She's like, regrowing the rainforest and everything, but she just can't help it. She's got to have one that's one just a big, funky, plant. weird. <laughs> yeah, that's like her pet. Anyway. That's great. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is a great a, issue. This has been a really great, fun comic to read, too. You know, I like a good I like a good heist story. And I like the, right. I like the training montages. And yeah. Like, I love everybody getting together and they're making their plans. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So much yeah, fun. We're getting all of our little guys and putting them in situations. We sure are exactly <laughs> that. And we love to see that, don't we? All right. Well, excellent job on the episode there, Danielle. That was a fun read. Um, great recommendation so we'll probably take a little bit of a break we're going to come back soon um, but we'll take a break because issue four hasn't come out yet so i figure take a little bit of a break issue four will come out and then we'll do three and four right after that but um because it's spooky season isn't it yeah october is just around the corner uh, 
Uh, starting next week, it's going to be October, and so I have some fun stuff planned for all of our October episodes. Ah, I'm really excited excellent. for Halloween times. Yes. So I'm really it's excited autumn, to get into autumn that. Autumn is here. Yes. My it's, favorite. It's, it was 103 degrees as I was driving <laughs> home today, but yes, autumn is here. Listen, and <laughs> the autumnal equinox happened, so I am going to put pumpkins fucking everywhere. Yes. All right? We're going to do it. Do absolutely. It. We're going to do it everywhere they'll, they'll get fried on the front porch but Listen, we're gonna do it anyway look get some plastic one no, I'm kidding. no actual but it's time it's time for autumnal shit just going absolutely fucking everywhere yeah that's what it's time for yeah so we'll have some fun episodes we'll have some fun guests that'll be joining us for oh. some episodes Ooh. so that'll be good too okay. and excellent uh thank you so much for doing the notes this week danielle that was amazing and now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. Catwoman Lonely City issue two. It was so good. So great. Even though it was too woke. But we want to hear what you think. <laughs> Send us a hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. And as always, you can find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook about section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Gatahan for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. Our theme is from only beast our logos from ross radke and match track mine thanks guys uh you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and when you're there open it up and give us that five star review everybody get in there and do that and uh if you like what you're hearing tell a friend you know have everybody join the book club do it next week we are gonna be reading our encounters with evil by mike mignola and warwick cadwell johnson So you guys know what to do. Pull out those spooky omnis, those spooky (laughs) trades, and those spooky floppies. Thank you, Aubrey. And join us next week on the Spooky Book Club podcast, (laughs) Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I was just just doing a lot of coke back then. (laughs) And I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, "Uh, don't piss on my soup, kid. (laughs) 